0: I could never kill an animal. How could you ever kill such a beautiful creature? Well, today we'll be looking at that anti-hunting argument, I could never kill an animal. The fact is, this week, you have probably killed a number of animals without even realizing it. We'll be looking at what the Bible has to say, and Mercy Sharp will also be sharing from my book, devotions for dog lovers. I think you will enjoy today's program.
1: Your host has spent decades studying the Bible in the original languages. He holds degrees from the University of Wisconsin, Moody Bible Institute, Asbury Theological Seminary, and Bethel Theological Seminary. With the help of some of his friends, in 1994, Dr. Rako founded a national volunteer ministry to hunters. He is an author, dog trainer, and speaker. Tom served as a full-time pastor for 36 years. Now here is your host, Dr. Tom Rako. The
2: White Popcorn Bowl Scripture reading, Proverbs 25, 11 through 12. For some strange reason, my dad's words stuck. I'm almost positive he was joking, but then again, maybe he wasn't. Over 20 years ago, my Aunt May had a household auction. She was my dad's oldest sister and ended up with many of grandma's possessions. So at the auction when a large white enamel bowl, along with some other odds and ends came up, I was the high bidder. This metal bowl coated with white enamel would make a great popcorn bowl. My aunt confirmed that it indeed had been one of grandma Rako's. To this, my dad jokingly remarked, yeah, I remember Ma used to soak her feet in it. My dad was a great guy, and he said many important things to me over the course of my life. Most of those things I have forgotten, but his words, Ma used to soak her feet in it, have not been forgotten. Indeed, those words have now outlived my dad close to a decade. Although my grandmother died more than 40 years ago, when I was just 10, the thought of her soaking her feet in my white bowl still affects the flavor of popcorn. I know it doesn't make sense. Over the 40 years since she has been gone, the white bull has no doubt been scrubbed or washed hundreds of times. And to be quite frank, I don't really remember what my grandmother's feet looked like, but that has not stopped me from imagining. Over the years, I have refused to give up. I have been steadfastly determined to not allow the feet of an old woman who may or may not have soaked her feet in my white popcorn bowl more than 40 years ago stop me from enjoying my popcorn but alas, about two months ago, I raised the surrender flag. I have now concluded that trying to eat popcorn out of this bowl is just not worth the mental anguish. You see, no matter how much melted butter was dribbled over the popcorn, I still envisioned my grandmother's gnarly old feet in the bottom of the bowl. The white bowl now serves as a water dish for our English pointers. And in case you are wondering, I have no plans of telling our dogs about grandma's feet. Whether we realize it or not, words are extremely powerful. We all have either hurt others or been affected by the words we have heard. Some words have harmed, and others have helped. The Bible says, The tongue has the power of life and death, Proverbs eighteen twenty one a Words can cripple, comfort, or give great courage. Yes, words can make a tremendous difference in how we view ourself or certain situations we may be facing. The book of Proverbs points out, An anxious heart weighs a man down, but a kind word cheers him up. Proverbs twelve twenty five. You and I have the power to encourage and inspire those around us. Words can make a difference. Again, we are told, Pleasant words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. Proverbs sixteen twenty four. How long has it been since you cheered someone up? The fact is, the appropriate word spoken to a person or a group at just the right time is not only of great value, but it is also a thing of rare beauty. Indeed, a word aptly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver, Proverbs 25:11. I don't know about you, but apples of gold in settings of silver sounds a lot prettier than gnarly old feet covered with melted butter in the bottom of a popcorn bowl. Friends, Do you know someone who could use some comfort or perhaps a little word of encouragement? Let's make a conscious choice to help others by what we say, and let's do it every day. Prayer. Lord, may I always speak the truth in love. I ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.
3: You can learn more about the book that tells this true story and others. For example, find out how dogs in Bible times were used to fulfill specific prophecies. Discover how some dogs with disabilities did some amazing things. Hear how a dog collected money for orphans. Learn about the first canine to be launched into outer space. Gain insight as to how God is using dogs in our world today and much more. To order your copy of Devotions for Dog Lovers, go to the Rock Dove Publications website at www.rockdove.com. Again, to get your copy of Devotions for Dog Lovers, visit rockdove.com. Last
0: time we began looking at the anti-hunting argument, I could never kill an animal. We saw that most people eat what others kill. Maybe we go to the grocery store. Maybe we go to a a fast food restaurant. And we also saw that vegetarians kill animals. And we also came to realize that those who advocate for the excessive protection of predators kill animals. Pet owners also kill animals. Modern-day pet owners normally feed their pet with a paper bag, cardboard box, or metal can. Yet most never seriously consider what their pet's food actually contains. In his book, Tracking Virtue, Conquering Vice, Roman Catholic priest Rev. Joseph F. Clausen reminds us, Quote, if you feed your dog or cat the usual store-bought pet food, here again you have a hand in killing animals. One of the main ingredients in dog-cat food is meat byproducts, unquote. Yes, even feeding your pet can play a role in the death of animals. And, have you ever thought about the devoted cat lover who purposely allows their pet to prowl around in backyards? It has been estimated that the current population of house cats in the United States alone has now climbed to about 90 million. Certainly the person who opens the door to allow their feline the freedom to roam carries some responsibility for the deaths of the baby rabbits, squirrels, and songbirds their cat kills. According to University of Minnesota Professor Robert M. Zink, who holds the Breckinridge Chair of Ornithology and is curator of the Birds of the Bell Museum of Natural History, quote, It is pretty common knowledge that cats kill around a million birds a day in the United States, unquote. It should be noted that some think this number is much higher, perhaps as many as four million birds per day. Of course, for many of these well-fed pets, the killing is not one of necessity, but more instinctual in nature. Discussing how cat owners are often concerned with their individual cat, but not with individual birds, Professor Zink asks, Why should we not call attention to the nesting mother song sparrow who is snatched alive by a cat, killed after a period of play, and eaten, or often not, while she was en route her nest to feed her young that now likely will starve. Why is its life any different than that of my cat? Surely, cat lovers who say, I could never kill an animal, often needlessly allow their pets to do what they themselves claim they could or would never do. And as long as we are making reference to birds, it is important to note that using a cell phone, driving to work, installing a wind turbine, or building a home or business with nice big windows can wreak havoc with winged wildlife. According to the Environment for the Americas website, Quote, The towers we need for our cell phones and pagers, the lines that bring us power, the cars and trucks that help us travel, sources of energy such as wind turbines, and even the windows in our homes and office buildings create obstacles for birds in flight. Collisions with these obstacles may cause the death of one bird or in the case of communication towers, tens of thousands of birds in a single incident. Biologists estimate that over one billion birds are killed each year from aerial collisions. Unquote. Indeed, whether we are willing to admit it or not, all of us play some part in causing the death of the creatures that feed in fields, swim in streams, or fly above our heads. Again, in the words of Mary Zystengi, Discomfitting as it may be to contemplate, we, as individuals and as a species, live because others die. This is a lesson that close, honest observation of nature teaches readily enough. At some point, one looks out the window. It does not matter whether it's the window of a New York City high-rise or a North Dakota prairie farmhouse. If one really looks carefully, One sees the world is not a kind of gentle place. Mothers devour their young. Males bully to the point of killing anything that gets in their way. A few moments' candid contemplation tell you that, especially as an American accustomed to consuming more than your fair share of the earth's resources, you are up to your elbows in blood. The question is whether you own responsibility for that fact or not, In the Bible, animals were frequently killed by the Lord God. When we examine the Bible, we find that animals were killed by various individuals for a vast variety of reasons. Although some may not like to face this reality when it comes to being responsible for the deaths of animals, God tops the list. After Adam and Eve ate of the forbidden fruit, we are told, The Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. Genesis 3.21 This obviously required the deaths of these animals. Sometime later, during the great flood in Noah's day, all kinds of creatures on the ark were spared. However, we know that outside of the ark, it was a different deal. We are told, Every living thing on the face of the earth was wiped out. Men and animals and the creatures that move along the ground and the birds of the air were wiped from the earth. Only Noah was left and those with him in the ark. Genesis chapter 7 verse 23. It was also the Lord who was responsible for the plagues that were brought out of Egypt. During the days of Moses these plagues killed all kinds of creatures, including fish in the Nile River, Exodus seven twenty one, and the livestock of the Egyptians, Exodus nine, five to six, and the list goes on. The God of Israel commanded that his people offer up certain types of sacrifices, such as sheep, goats, and cattle, Exodus twenty twenty four. Sometimes these sacrifices required the priest to wring off the head of a bird, leviticus 115 this task conjures up a gruesome image in the minds of many of us we know that when the baby jesus was presented at the temple joseph and mary brought a sacrifice in keeping with what was said in the law of the lord a pair of doves or two young pigeons luke 224 of course countless other examples could also be listed and the lord's servants killed animals without a doubt God caused the death of many animals and birds, however, so did many of His servants. For example, concerning Adam and Eve's son Abel, we know that he offered a better sacrifice than did his brother Cain. We are also told that Abel's sacrifice consisted of fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock, Genesis 4.4. We know that Abel's sacrifice was pleasing to God, while Cain's was not. In the book of Judges, Samson was protected when suddenly a young lion came roaring toward him. Judges 14.5 The Bible says, The Spirit of the Lord came upon him in power so that he tore the lion apart with his bare hands as he might have torn a young goat. Genesis 14.6a The Lord empowered Samson to protect himself by killing the lion. King David believed that God would help an individual kill an animal as a young boy. David protected his father's flock of sheep by killing a lion and a bear. Ultimately, David gave credit to God for both feats, first Samuel chapter seventeen verses thirty six to thirty seven People who say "I could never kill an animal might be surprised to find out just what they may be willing to do in a given situation in the Bible. God killed animals, and so did those who hunted, defended themselves, or offered sacrifice. When we come back, we'll have some closing remarks.
3: In Hunting Arguments, Biblical Responses to a Loaded Issue, Dr. Tom Rakow takes direct aim at some popular but faulty arguments wielded by hunters and animal rights activists alike. This unique work introduces readers to ten major arguments which are frequently invoked by their users to either condemn or defend hunting. Hunting arguments include such emotional appeals and false premises as Thou shalt not kill I eat everything I kill I could never kill an animal Hunting is my right as an American Jesus was a vegetarian And would Jesus shoot Bambi? Each chapter concludes with a set of discussion questions, making it a great resource for group studies. This book will help you to become an expert in knowing what the Bible has to say about hunting. To order your copy of Hunting Arguments, go to the Rock Dove Publications website, rockdove.com. Visit rockdove.com today.
0: As we looked at this anti-hunting argument often used, I could never kill an animal. You know, the problem with this argument is that in our modern culture, most people get their meat from a grocery store and they therefore eat what others kill for them. But this does not relieve us of all the responsibility for the death of creatures uh, that we eat or have eaten. Those who embrace a vegetarian diet also play a part in the destruction of the animals and birds that inhabit the fields where their food grows. And pet owners also often carry a significant degree of responsibility for the deaths of animals and birds. This is especially so when we consider the extensive number of house cats allowed to prowl neighborhoods and thereby kill countless creatures. Even those who design and build a home with beautiful windows or choose to depend on energy produced by a wind turbine bear some responsibility for the deaths of birds. On numerous occasions, the Lord himself has also killed the very animals and birds he created. And the same is also true of his righteous servants who lived in Bible times. So uh, I hope that you enjoyed this study, and uh, we'll be looking at some more biblical truth next time.
1: been listening to the rock dove publications podcast with your host dr tom rako this program has also been brought to you by the quilted arrow home of intelligent stylish field bred english pointers with bloodline streams from hall of fame champion guardrail thank you so much for listening now this is beth rako inviting you to join us again next time on the rock dove publications podcast